You're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We're live from Sherm 22 and talking to some of the best minds in HR and business. We are digging into the most pressing issues in the workplace so you don't have to. Now, here's your host, William Tinkup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tinkup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Uh, today we have Sherry on from Paylocity. A uh, returning guest, actually, and uh, we'll be talking about it, employee experience in a hybrid world. So we really wanted to talk about both employee experience and hybrid. Yeah. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. You have your own podcast, which is wonderful. So this is just going to be super easy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your podcast, and Paylocity. Yeah. So I've been in the HR space a little over 15 years have worn all the hats, done all the things, um, and host my own podcast. It's called PCTY Talks. It's geared towards HR professionals like yourself and really trying to get out there what we're dealing with every day and just the nuances of everything. And uh, I get to do that with the backdrop of Paylocity, which is an HCM provider that's really you know focused on delighting employees and really focused in employee experience first. And then the technology second, because really you can't have great technology unless you have great people that want to use it. Well, your podcast is wonderful. And Paylocity is just, it's a great company. I mean, please say more, say more. No, seriously. No, seriously. Can we get another cut of that? <laughs> right. Great. Um, let's talk about the employee experience in the hybrid world. So we, if we think of the spectrum, remote forever, Airbnb. Yeah everyone in the office every day every moment okay those are the two extremes yeah most of the companies are going to settle on something in the middle ish yeah uh some type of hybrid environment how do you see that playing out from an employee experience perspective yeah i think i think you got to make sure that whatever approach you're taking you're thinking about all those people so you might have an organization where your knowledge workers are fully remote Let's say it's manufacturing, right? I'll use that as an example. And your your office people are fully remote, but you have people who are on the floor. And so how are you going to be creating the same culture, the same experience, the same touch points with those employees that are on the floor with the workers that are remote? You know, I had um, Wade Larson on, on my podcast this morning on the Sherm floor, and he shared this story about how he is utilizing tech in the manufacturing space. And he shared about how he uses... He uses Paylocity software, so it'll be totally transparent, and he uses the journal feature. And so they're doing this journaling in advance of doing these one-on-ones, and what it has done is it's given the manager the ability to go onto the manufacturing floor, have a live one-on-one with an employee as they're still working. You're not losing productivity. You're still engaging in all the things the employee wants to talk about, but you've um, use the technology behind it to create a great employee experience. And you haven't lost that. And I think sometimes we try to like make one solution fit everything. And it's like, how can we think human first? How can we think creating the experience first and then leveraging technology? And when I think about that from the other side, right, the knowledge worker side, I think sometimes when you're fully remote, you can feel disconnected. So what are you doing to bring that back in? Are you using asynchronous communication? Are you creating reasons maybe for them to come into the office? You know, is your office now becoming like a fun hub rather than a place where you work? It's a collaboration space. So it's all about creativity and just putting the employee first. 
You know, there's a couple things. So one is is the the idea of employee experience being same or similar versus highly personalized. So you and I in that, in that scenario, I'm on the floor, you're remote. Do we need to have the same experience or do we need to have, as you said, a great experiences? So what's your, what's your kind of, how do you reconcile those things? Yeah, I don't think you need to have the same experience. I think you need to have the same um, objectives of an mm-hmm. experience, you know, right. um, but no, it should be really unique to you. You know, the message that I need to have with somebody and the topics we're talking about for somebody who's on the manufacturing floor, you know, even thinking about the experience you're creating for benefits, maybe they need different benefits offerings than your knowledge workers do. You know, I've been in organizations before that have been pretty stringent about like, let's say PTO policies, right? They have to be the same across the board, no matter what. And the reality is they're different. People need different things and it's okay to flex if you're equitable. Um, A lot of times HR gets stuck in one size fits all because that's how we want to track it. Right. Instead of like, what do the people want? You know, they're the most important asset we have as a company. Well, and they're the ones that are going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should adjust. How do you how do you think we know if we're getting uh, the employee experience right or wrong in a hybrid work environment? I think we got to ask. I really do. I think we got to ask and we got to listen and we got to ask the right questions. You know, we got to be willing to take some risk and try some things. And then ask, like, hey, did this did this work? Do you feel like you got this out of this? Is this meeting your needs? You know, I think right now mental health is a great one. Like, we're all trying to figure out what kind of mental health resources people need. Some people want an app, right? Some people are exploring things like bringing psychologists on staff, right? Um, some people just want you to ask them, like, hey, how are you doing today? I noticed that you were two minutes late. Is everything okay? So it's changing that mentality and really focusing on the individual in the moment. So when people say return on investment and it relates to uh, employee experience, how much does that drive you up a wall? (laughs) A ton. A ton, because I think it it makes it a numbers game, right? And then you're thinking about it the wrong way. Like, look, if you get employee experience right, if you focus on the employee, the numbers will align, your KPIs will align, your goals will align. But you got to delight your employees, and you got to do that through a lot of different things, right? You got to do it through flexibility, right? Flexibility means different things depending upon if you're a knowledge worker, if you, you know, if you're hourly, if you're on site. You got to do it through the right kind of technology. You know, don't force your technology to fit. Utilize your technology to create a great human experience, um, and then just authenticity. Like, if you don't have authenticity and trust in an organization. People make things up. When you're not being honest, people make up a story, and then you've lost the narrative. Yeah. It's the, they used to say, if you don't tell your story, someone else will. Yeah. So I have this fear of hybrid eventually becoming second-class citizens. So I'm not sure if this is a real fear or if I'm just making stuff up in my head just to kind of keep myself occupied. But, you know... If we start to see people in the office being promoted higher or being paid more, um, et cetera, 
how do you think, how do you reconcile? First of all, am I off? Do you have some of the same fears? And if so, how do you reconcile that? I definitely have some of the same fears. I, I think there is, um, there could be a mentality of, oh, I see Sherry in the office three days a week and she just happens to be there the same day the board is meeting or that the executives are in the office. Like, does she know something I don't know? And then creating this click. Yes, I think that's absolutely something we need to pay attention to. I think that we have a really unique opportunity as HR professionals to restructure how we think about that mentality and what discretionary effort looks like. Discretionary effort shouldn't mean I'm coming into the office just to be seen, which I'm worried that it's going to become that. Um, And so we have to think of ways of recognition differently. We have to think of ways of connection and collaboration differently. You know, are we making sure that collaboration is across the board, right? And that we're not excluding or including certain groups of people. Yeah, uh, same, similar, uh, it's popularity contest. Yeah. And some people fare well in a popularity contest. I do not. (laughs) So, uh, of course, it's a real fear of mine. (laughs) If you were giving advice to executives, you know, you had a room full of CEOs, and you could give them advice on the employee experience. And let's just say they haven't been paying attention to the employee experience, just for giggles. Let's just say that they've... They don't know that those two words exist. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say that. What would your talk track be in talking with them about employee experience? Yeah, I would say um, get back to your roots as much as you can. So I, I don't I don't remember the name of the show. Was it Undercover Boss? Is that what that show was? Mm-hmm. Where the CEOs or the heads of the companies yeah. would go undercover. Maybe not that dramatic. Don't, you know, dress up. But get back to the basics and have a good understanding of what your employees are experiencing so you can understand what you're asking out of them. You know, sometimes we we forget that. Years ago, I worked for a company called Peapod. They were a grocery delivery company. Yeah. And uh, one of their expectations is, as a salaried employee, your first day on the job, you went and delivered groceries. 100%. And I was like, this is weird. I thought that at the time. And now I, I tell people that story. I'm like, absolutely, you should do that, were, especially as an HR person. They were 20 years ahead of their time. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know what it's like to sit in a call center and hear a customer yell at you. Or you don't know what it's like to be up all night coding and trying to solve a problem that you don't necessarily know how to solve. And you're doing all these different things. Because at the end of the day, you want your leadership team to help support you and elevate you to do your job well instead of creating barriers. And so listen to your employees, get back to that. And then the next thing I would say, don't be afraid to fail. Like, we have to innovate. We have to take risk. We have to try new things. And we're going to fail along the way. You're going to roll out programs that don't work. And so be willing to do that and just learn from it. Love it. What do you think uh, in terms of expectations from candidates and employees? What are their expectations today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, all the other questions prior to this have not been good. <laughs> no, just, just that the, was all the other ones were a ten. This is like a nine. Stop. I just you Stop. know. Um, I think what I'm seeing from candidates is they want um, they want a lot of transparency right up front. They hmm. want to know. When am I getting promoted? Yeah. I haven't even started, but I want to know when I'm getting What's promoted. Next? Yeah. yeah. They want to know um, 
what is your definition of flexibility, right? So before you could just like interview with a, a manager and be like, hey, what's your, your management style? What's flexibility mm-hmm. like for you? No, I want specifics. Like if I cut out at 2 p.m. on a Friday am I, and I'm a knowledge worker, am I going to be hurt for that? Or is this culture okay? They want to know what you're going to do about mental health. If they need a mental health day, are they, are they going to get docked for that, you know, um, in any way, financially or from social equity, right? Um, and then they want to know all the benefits, right? And it's no longer a ping pong table, right? A pool table. Like, I can get snacks in my house now. Appreciate that. I don't need yeah. you to, to buy me snacks. I, I can actually have liquor delivered. Yeah, right, crazy. right. Yeah. Like, I need to know that, that you're thinking about me as an individual. So for some, that means tuition repayment, not reimbursement. On the other side of the spectrum, it might be navigating Medicare and Medicaid. It might be how do you support employees who are now caretakers for their parents. It might be, um, hey, I'm a person who doesn't want kids. What benefits are you giving me? Yeah. Right? you got to think more broad now, and employees are expecting that. So two things last. One is you mentioned the word authentic. The relationship that you have in your mind between authenticity and experience, employee experience in particular, what what's the uh, what's the common code between those two things right now? I mean, I think it comes with. I think it's transparency, really. I right. think the more you can just be honest where you're at, and and I mean that in not just where you're going as an organization, but like where you're failing. You right. know, like like going through COVID, there are organizations that latched on to this idea of transparency and I think Paylocity was one of them you know I many times our CEO would come and say listen this is what we're doing we're doing masks we're doing this because the CDC says that and I that that's this is what I'm going to do I'm going to do it because I'm not a scientist and was just really transparent about why he was doing what he was doing and the benefit to that was that employees weren't like, oh, is this political? Is this how he <laughs> feels today? Is it like, no, it was like very clear and laid out. Um, if you take that approach with so many things, what benefits you're going to offer, why you do orientation a certain way. Like if people can buy into the transparency you're offering them and the goal you're trying to create and feel like it's genuinely you're trying your best, I think you're going to nail employee experience. I 100% agree. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. What do you want to get out of Sherm? Oh. What, do you, what, do you, what do you hear in, outside of great food and yeah. fun, uh, humidity down here <laughs> in New Orleans? I packed lots of clothes, I'll put yeah. it that way. A yeah. um, couple of things I want to get out of Sherm is I always walk away with new connections. And, I, and I'm very genuine about my connections. If I have you connected on LinkedIn, I'm going to ask about you and see what you're doing and highlight stuff that you're working on because... We are all in this together, and so we got to support that. Um, great content, yes, always. But, you know, I'm just I'm looking for kind of that next thing in the chatter of the HR network here. Like, what are people talking about and what are they struggling with? And um, I find it interesting. I kind of have an episode working in my head right now, but it's, it's around when HR loses faith in themselves because we've been in this for two years right now. So, you know, those are the things that excite me and get me jazzed up about HR because – this industry is ever changing and we have so much work ahead of us still. HR burnout is real. Yeah. Absolutely real. Thank you so much, Sherry, for coming on the podcast again. 
And uh, I just appreciate you. Of course, William, anytime. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast live at Sherm 22. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.